Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 262 tonight, and we are live. Uh, actually, we have a special uh, co-host tonight. My buddy Lee Adams is joining us. Uh, producer Shane uh, is actually at UFO Congress. Shout out to Shane. Shout out to Toby. Shout out to Chase. And our special guest tonight is Red Panda Koala. And if you have not checked out his YouTube channel, please do so. I have the link down below. He makes these amazing UFO UAP documentaries um, on like the history and like some of the more secrecy aspects of it. So I really recommend it. Um, as somebody that you know, I'm not into the secrecy stuff as much as like the philosophical and metaphysical aspects of it. But I really like learning about that kind of stuff from his channel. So go check that out. Um, and uh, if you want to support Mind Escape, all you have to do is click the Linktree link down below. We've got a merch store, Patreon. Um, I just uploaded a Patreon segment with Rick Strassman when, from when he was on. I have one pending with Leah I'm going to put up there tonight. Uh, Leah Prime on, on Twitter. Uh, follow her as well. Follow Red Panda, too. And actually, Lee doesn't use... Um, you know, he doesn't use Twitter much, but if you want to follow him, it's at Tail Eater, right? I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have we have a great show tonight. So, uh, but yeah, and uh, one more thing. If you want to support the show, the easiest way to do it is just to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so let's get this thing rolling. Welcome on the show, Red Panda. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Great. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Um, you and I have actually kind of been going back and forth for like three or four years. We were just talking. Um, you know, I fo- I've been following your channel now for since it's pretty much been going. And I know you and I have been exchanging comments and likes and stuff like that on Twitter for a while. Um, what got you into the UFO UAP topic and how long have you been doing it? Uh, I got into it with the, the 2017 rollout stuff. So pretty late to the game. And it took me like 
um because I, I already wanted to do like a cold war history channel and i was like already making like preparations and like scripts for that and then when that dropped it took me like probably like a about a year of like studying on my own of like making sense of like what's going on with this like phenomena and then um that's when i like decided to transfer from just like traditional cold war history to like ufo which uh ufo history which is basically also like cold war history so yeah and then yeah. you started your channel around the same time right like post 2017 yeah so uh actually we started in at in 2017 i think it was like December 2016 going into 2017 and then I jumped on Twitter shortly after that um and you know that's kind of when UFO Twitter was kind of born obviously people were talking about stuff and tweeting about it before but that's kind of when the hashtag UFO Twitter and people really started developing into clicks and groups and things like that and discussing this stuff so uh but yeah I remember you um like I said going back and forth I remember specifically early on we did a uh, episode with Matt Tiller, uh, which he's kind of gone off the radar a little bit. I haven't seen him, you know, in a in a while on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I think you were you were in that mix too. Uh, but uh, I think the the interesting thing about your channel, your YouTube channel, is like I said, you you have a knack for kind of putting the secrecy aspects out there, but not in like a salacious way. Uh, I think did you do you have a background like in history like did you go to school uh you know um, did you study history or what what's your background with that i was like going for my history minor but then like towards the end i was just like i'm done so i don't have a history minor but i took some history classes and no i just like history a lot on my own so my major is political science so that okay. covers history and stuff so yeah I, uh, like I definitely pick up on some vibes that you definitely are passionate about the topic and from one nerd to another you know you can kind of tell when people know what they're talking about and actually do their research and homework and everything um do yeah. you you know the your latest video was on project blue book um was that like an hour long yeah i think it was like an hour and eight minutes or seven what's your process for making these like short documentaries do you have like an idea of how long you want it to be or do you just start doing it and then whatever kind of ends up being kind of like whatever it ends up being um yeah just like what I feel is like important and like you'd be surprised like for that one there's probably like a bunch of stuff I would have liked to have put in but I was just like uh, I don't know if that's really like necessary necessary you want to keep it like short too right um because I was like also part of the whole reason for the channel was like there's all this information out there and in, in like lectures and books and stuff and just people don't have time for that or they don't read so although yeah my videos are long uh, it's hopefully like super condensed with information um so yeah and then when i'm making them i just kind of like i'll just be reading stuff and i'm sure you ha you guys have it too like i have my own separate notes so like whenever i'm reading about like other things i'll just like file away stuff if it's interesting and then eventually i'll, I'll just come up with something and be like oh that that would make a really good video i feel like or like have a good story too or it's like an important topic that needs to be covered and yeah then, Lee had some. What were you saying about it? Because I told Lee to watch some of his uh, stuff last night. Yeah. What were you saying? You well, I really stuff. liked the. Uh, I really liked the video. Like um, the only one I, you know, I'll be honest here. The only one I saw was the Project Blue Book one, and uh, you know, I, I put it on and listened to it, and then, and then off and on, kind of looked at the the video of it and really like kept my attention. Um, oh, I really am like I really don't like 
a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But uh, your your video was really well done. It was like it was like kind of watching the History Channel, but like more accurate and also like on a topic that I'm interested in, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah, I thought it was very professional. Cool. Yeah. And I think because I don't show my face, it helps it make it more like immersive where like, I feel like we're all used to history documentaries where it like cuts to like multiple people and their face and stuff. Um, at least that's how I feel about like I think Anomalous's channel, which is another great channel. Uh, mm. it, like gets in the zone. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're right about that for sure. Um, and you know, as far as the U, have you ever had like a UFO or UAP experience? Like, have you ever seen one, or are you just fascinated by the topic based on all the news and everything? Yeah, no, I, I personally have never had one. Uh, thankfully, because I honestly don't really want one, because I think it's <laughs> kind of like they could be all over the place. You know, you never know what you're gonna get. Um, and yeah, no, I just like I just I, I'm sure you guys probably would understand too. It's like I don't understand how everyone isn't like super interested in this topic. And I think it's because probably a lot of people hasn't really clicked yet. Um, but I do think like once it clicks for more people, they'll be as interested as us. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of why I wanted to do the the recent round of videos too, because it's like um, people looking at the Tic Tac video and whatnot, like there's only so much you could get from that, but there is like a pretty well-documented um, history of just like the government obfuscating the subject and Kind of like meddling in things and I, I think people understanding that is very important to understanding like where we are as a society right now so yeah no I yeah mean, i would I've be interested in hearing but... your your story you know like what kind of uh where you came from what got you to this point you know like why why are you interested in making these videos i know you're, you said like the topic kind of interests you but it's very specific and like the the recent video on the project blue book was very well done to the point of like kind of making me see how much uh influence the military has on some type of media you know like we recently had uh top gun you know come out and it was very influenced by the navy so obviously like trying to be some type of recruiting tool you know even though it was an awesome movie in my opinion but does a yeah. good job you know so yeah what, what's your kind of story here i think uh so i graduated school in uh, 2016 trying to figure out what to do. Uh, like I said earlier, I was poli-sci and was going for the history minor, but didn't get it. <laughs> and then um, I was kind of less like, is like I'm sick, sick of politics, you know what I mean? So I um, don't really want to join like a political campaign or something. Uh, and then so I was kind of like figuring out what I wanted to do and I really like history. So yeah, like I was saying, I wanted to do like um, a Cold War history channel. So just kind of like the different things like the CIA and the Soviet Union were doing in the Cold War like in the Congo and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting too. Um, if you saw it the the recent video, I was able to cover like the Guatemalan coup. So it was kind of cool. And if you see some of my other videos, like uh, that Cold War theme comes up a lot too. Like in my Brazil video, the Colaris one, I kind of talk about that coup. <clears throat> so I was like really interested in like Cold War history. And then, yeah, I was, um, let's see, what's the timeline on this? I was like, okay, well, I'll just try and make like a Cold War history channel. It, it would be in a very similar format to what my UFO videos are. And then, yeah, as I was making all those preparations is when the 2017 uh, New York Times story broke. And before that, I just like never really looked into it. Although I think I probably would have eventually, just cause like I'm into like looking up weird conspiracy stuff, you know? But at that point I was only like a year out of college. So I, I didn't really have like as much free time to just be looking up stuff. 
And then, yeah, at first I was like, what is this? And then after a while of researching and then kind of like what I was saying too, like understanding the, the ways the government has influenced the subject and like the media and obfuscated it. Um, like for me, it became like real, I guess, you know? And then, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like obsessed with it too. So it works out good where I'm able to just like obsess about this topic and then kind of helps like diffuse my obsession when I, cause these videos take forever to make. And then also too, it was part of it was uh, like, I wanted to talk to people in my real life about it and no one was interested. And I was like, how are you guys not interested in this? Like what? And then when you're trying to explain to someone um, why, why at least I find it interesting, you, you, you sound crazy. You know what I mean? So I, I found it's better to like have my videos kind of as like uh, to I'll show people cause I like overlay the documents and do all that stuff. So it's just like really easy and um, manageable, I guess for people. So yeah. And ever since then I've been making a UFO videos. Woo <laughs> dude you should totally make some cold war ones too i'll watch them i'll actually if you want to collab i know a lot about like the manhattan project and oppenheimer and all that that basically led to the cold war so i'd be down oh yeah to do something what do you, what like do you think uh you think him and einstein were read in on the ufo issue so that's obviously speculation um you know einstein actually had a lot to do with the development of the atomic bomb because he got the wheels in motion in terms of sending a letter to FDR saying, hey, they're trying to recruit me. This is what they're doing. You better start looking into this whole thing. And he that was all he did, uh, having to do with the Manhattan Project and getting you know um, the atomic bomb production going. Um, he actually, I don't think he passed security clearance because of his um, pacifist attitude towards you know stuff and you know the reason why he came uh to the u.s and everything to begin with so um but uh yeah it's an interesting thing i, I mean I, I i don't know i don't know though like it, it's part of me thinks that yeah you want the top people like the oppenheimers and einsteins and all these people but then part of me thinks maybe you do want some like guy that's super smart that doesn't have any connections to anything that nobody even knows who they are so they're not going to say anything and we can kind of you know work work around that um i don't know i mean what do you think do you think that they based on you doing all this research and making these documentaries do you think that they do look for people like some of the bigger name people or do you think that they're using like super smart people that we don't even know about that one i don't really know yet i do have a little like folder for uh like manhattan project early sightings and i do have tucked in there i think there's a there's a few books written, or at least there's one guy who's written like a solid book, I think, about the Oppenheimer-Eisenhower connection, and he's given some lectures, so I've listened to those lectures, but I do not recall specifically, but I feel like from what I remember, and just from my gut feeling, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like brought in on it, but but yeah, who knows? Um, that time period is just so wild, right? American Prometheus, uh, which is a biography about Oppenheimer, is a phenomenal book, um, and it walks you through the whole timeline from like... Oppenheimer's early years when he's kind of like a communist sympathizer he actually donated money to organizations and was part of he wasn't technically I guess a communist uh, but he was associating with those circles and especially at Berkeley when he was a professor there and stuff like that so it's really interesting and that's actually what got him in trouble later uh, you know the Atomic Energy Commission and Louis Strauss and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of did he die know, uh, like kind of sooner than you would have thought to or no uh well he had um i think he had mouth cancer or he was a smoker so i mean mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, you smoke enough and, you know, you get to your 60s or 70s, there's a good chance. I mean, if there was there weird stuff, I mean, who knows? I mean, but my mind wouldn't go towards any sort of um, tomfoolery as much as I would then say, did it have something to do with being exposed to all that uranium and plutonium and all that yeah. kind of stuff? So, I mean, who knows? But, uh, I mean, why? Do you have a take on that? Um, no, I think I remember some people saying, like, offhandedly, like, Einstein was given cancer because of it or something. But, you know, you hear that about like a lot of people who die young in that field. So I, I wouldn't put like too much um, into yeah. it. But it, to the uranium thing too, I think because like the UFOs were seen like all around the whole kind of like Manhattan Project timeline, I, I would assume they at least would have been told or something. You know what I mean? There's that one famous sighting in uh, 45 in like Seattle or something where they're processing uranium. uranium. So yeah. I would imagine... But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that's in, that's what people don't realize either. Like the amount of effort that went into enriching the uranium and plutonium, that's literally how we got this thing done quicker was uh, I think it took like most of our silver. It took like a lot of resources. It takes a oh, lot wow. of resources to do that. Um, so that whole process. And then the other thing I learned too is they they had to decide between – uh, a uranium or a plutonium implosion, which they initially went with the plutonium implosion for the first one, the Trinity, uh, and I think uh, Hiroshima. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, just the whole thing and Oppenheimer being like so somber afterwards. And then, you know, um, that they dragged his name through the dirt because he didn't want to be a part of the hydrogen bomb, um, you know, whole thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah crazy time period no i'm definitely down to hit you up uh, about that and that oppenheimer book sounds good and the other one yeah check it out and actually that's what christopher nolan's basing his movie off of i think is that biography cool. or that movie that comes out next year um so is that like one of the best books about the manhattan project the best one i've read i mean there's other ones that have different information obviously you know it's, it's good to read as many as you can if you're looking for all the, all the stuff but yeah that's that's the best one i've read so um Actually, and and so just so everybody knows too, Lee has been on a guest on the show like five, six, seven times maybe. He's he's helped me <laughs> co-create Indra's Web. Shout out to Indra'sWeb.org. People go check that out if you haven't already. I have a link down below. It's in the link tree. Um, but Lee was actually stationed on the USS Nemitz, and he was um, stationed in Virginia. He's had his own UFO UAP sightings. He was not on the Nemitz during the Nemitz encounter. However, we have talked to him with him about like the culture on these aircraft carriers and things like that, and his own sightings and stuff like that. So, what years were you on the limits? Um, I was on there around 2016. Um, okay. Yeah, so a little. Uh, I think that's after uh, the events on there. So I think it was actually like the previous deployment that actually um, encountered the uh, UFOs. A AUPs. So you have now. your sightings. Can you tell uh, tell me a little about about those? Uh, yeah, uh, it, it might be a little bit long, but <laughs> tell about the Virginia sky. Yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty cool. Um, well, I was a uh, quick story, I guess. I was in the military and on the base in Oceana there. Uh, it's by Norfolk, and it's a uh, kind of an F eighteen uh, squadron base, right? So it's got a lot of jets. And uh, it was New Year's Eve, and it had rained pretty hard that uh, time. So, um, and I worked night shifts, so just giving you kind of frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And 
it flooded the entire base so i had to take off my my boots in order to get through the knee-high water and everything i expected everything to be shut down but sure enough i get to work and uh, everybody's there so um the flight line shut down no planes flying nothing going on probably nobody even knows that we're at work and so everything seems normal i go inside and get some tools and i come out and uh, people are very excited and they said hey man did you see that you see that plane that flew over and i was like no and they said well it didn't have faa lights on it and i was like well, that's weird and they said yeah it's even weirder is that it landed in the trees so there's no like there's nothing there so um these guys have flown over the base multiple times that i'm working with you know like some of them are even pilots and i'm like oh that's crazy you know so we finish up our work and uh, i'm walking out uh through the gate there's like a gate guard and stuff like that that stops people from entering the flight line unless you have like a badge and uh my friend's talking to me about the airplane they saw and the gate guard's like yeah i saw that too it was crazy and so he was very excited and then the gate guards looks up and he goes what the f is that and i look up and there's this um really undescribable object flying over the base and it was so massive that you could see that it probably was uh it took up a good portion of the base and the base is probably five ten miles in diameter and it was so massive that the lights from the base that there wasn't a lot on but there's enough to light up the sky it would light up this object and it was semi-translucent and the only description I could give was like kind of like a giant plastic bag like looking object but like um coming in and out of the clouds so it's like so massive that it breaks through the clouds as it moves through and I was like I my brain literally could not make up like what I was seeing and my friend saw it we were me and the gate guard and this other you know my friend were just sitting there looking up at this object and we didn't know what to think about it so eventually it just passed on through and then you know we got in our cars and drove off and that was the end of the story so oh, never crazy. saw anything like that since or it definitely wasn't a, a drone you know like <laughs> yeah you guys all like, agreed, like i saw the same thing and stuff yeah i mean like it was it was there for uh you know 10 15 minutes we just stared at it, you know like flying through over the space and it was yeah we all saw the same thing like we didn't know what that was you know never saw anything since already by that point or no um well i had an encounter before like as oh. a kid and but i've never really talked to anybody about it at work or anything like that we're just nobody there is interested in that stuff you know we're just airplane mechanics and stuff like that so everyone's you know military so they don't really think about <laughs> ufos at that time if right. you talked about something like that they'd be like oh okay here we go you know crazy dude so well hopefully that's oh, changing that's right i mean they're past the stuff so now they want people to report it and you know share yeah, that yeah i think i think the military is still pretty uh low-key on that stuff you know like um maybe if uh you see a radar contact or something like that you know like if that occurred, whatever happened on the Nimitz occurred again, um, people would probably report it more now than they would before. And I think before they would just think it was kind of like a, uh, an error, you know, essentially like a blip on the radar or something like that, that they're like, okay, unidentified object, whatever, move on, you know? So I think things are changing in that way. But I was going to ask uh, Red, uh, 
you know, like with all your knowledge about that you have about, uh, you know, the history and the cover-ups and things like that, and all this, uh, you know, uh, effort that was put in by the military to kind of like dumb this down as much as they could, because uh, for whatever reason, um, why do you think that kind of the story's changed? You know, it kind of seems like some of these uh, releases to the public have almost been intentional in some sense. So it's kind of a, to me, it's kind of interesting at that, that's happening. I was wondering where you think it's kind of, why do you think it's happening? Where do you think it's going to, you know? Yeah. And, and this is a lot of speculation, right? Cause like, uh, I have no way of knowing this stuff, but it's fun to think about. Cause I don't know. Cause also like the more I learn, the more I'm like, Oh, your guys' hands are really dirty government. Like, I don't even understand why you're going down this road, but right. if I had to guess, maybe it's cause, uh, like, uh, phones, like everyone has a phone now. And I think that really changed society a lot. Like think about how much, uh, access to the internet it's given everyone and, and what i like to say to people is like uh if you went back like 100 years and gave someone the ability to like access all of humanity's knowledge or the ability to like talk to whoever in the world wherever in the world that person would be like a superhero like god type figure and now like we all kind of have it in our pockets so maybe that's part of it like for example like how much stuff that we all know about ufos we learned from the internet you know what i mean that would be probably just wouldn't have had as much of a deep knowledge before um so then maybe that's just them trying to get like ahead of like if there was a really big sighting or something today with all these phones uh it'd be pretty messy for them but then also there's a lot of stuff seems like some people say there's like a timeline or something impending didn't semi-man or someone say that you know and uh so i don't know i don't know maybe it's one of those things what do, what do you guys think yeah i mean i'm not there's definitely yeah yeah go ahead lee there's definitely um as much as I look around, there seems to be all these timelines, uh, which is kind of odd, you know. I mean, I was in the military for quite a while, and um, you know, it's hard for me to even imagine like the intentional uh, kind of release of information, things like that, at a certain time, because that kind of implies that like you almost could tell the future, you know, or set up the future for um, people's perception and things like that, but. Um, you know, it kind of seems that way, to be honest with you, the more I look at it from different angles and stuff. So Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they say that it's like changing like the culture and stuff. And obviously you have all these videos coming out and pilots talking about it. And it seems to be kind of promoted uh, that way. I think there are genuinely people that want that to be the case. And there's probably still people that are kind of like, no. We're not doing, you know, or for whatever reason, whether it be a religious thing or whatever the case may be. Obviously, there's people that have different backgrounds and points of view and philosophies on what's happening and what it could be and, you know, things like that. So I think that that plays into it for sure. Um, but I mean, you know, who knows? I think I think things are, are changing for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I would like to maybe talk to somebody who's in there now, right? That's an active duty. Um, 
and see what they have to say. Has it changed? Are there people reporting stuff? Are people talking about it? Because, you know, I don't know, Lee, if you can speak to this, but it seems like maybe it was in it's in the news a lot more now. So, like, the public's talking about it more as opposed to back when you were in. Maybe it was still a little stigmatized. I mean, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I don't – military people just don't care, man. <laughs> like – uh is it like an you know, acceptance, like, in, like they know it's there and they're just not going to talk about it or? Well, I, I mentioned this last one of the interviews you guys did, um, you know, like people are so busy in the military that they don't have, to, they have no time for really like to go outside their frame of reference of like a job. Um, so like the, the enlisted guys, they kind of like BS, you know, and have conversations and what ifs and things like that and conspiracies. But, uh, you know, like the, Higher, higher the rank you are, the less time you have to like use your imagination to what the possibilities of things are. So, you know, it would kind of, I think it'd be the same situation essentially that I had back then. It's like, oh, okay, I see something. All right. Maybe I'll tell somebody, maybe I won't, you know, but that's pretty much it. I think like the air traffic controllers and things like that that use radar or uh, maybe the jet pilots and things like that. Um, or the ships that have radar systems on it that are much more powerful than the human eye, they probably report it more uh, often now than they did before. But I really know what the government would do with that information, you know, especially if they already know <laughs> what it is. It's just like, okay, it goes in a database. All right, we know, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't think the government's stupid on this at all. I think they've known for a long time, and and then based on Reds documentary you know it's like absolutely yeah for so long and and uh it's like people say oh how come there isn't any whistleblowers or whatever but it's like there there's a bunch like and not even i'm not even talking like bob lazar here where it's like iffy it's like edward dupelt like the first head of project blue book uh jay allen Hynek, the scientific advisor for 20 years like these are like very clean established like whistleblowers if you will so yeah that's a bunch uh I think they know I think they know a lot more. I don't think I definitely don't think they know everything, but I think they do know a bunch. Yeah, so if you already knew, you know, I mean like say you're the government, you know, speculating here, and you knew that there was things like that, then it's kind of a almost a joke for them to say, "Oh, you can report it now," you know, because they're already reporting it. They already know. So why would they kind of imply that people can report it now? You know, kind of I think it's like a um it kind of gives the the credit to it, you know, like, oh yeah, you can do that. But at the same time, it's like um, making people think that they have like power, uh, some power now when before, you know, it didn't matter either way. They already knew. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying there. Um, I think it's still good though, that like people are going to be able to report it, but to that too, it's like they're, they're being so sus about everything, right? They're being like, oh, you can report it now and we don't want a stigma, but they're not like addressing that. Like the only reason there's a stigma is because we made it like low-key illegal <laughs> to report this stuff for decades. So they're walking a really interesting line. Yeah, yeah it's I, definitely interesting. I, I, um, I'm torn about this. I mean, I, I understand like the secrecy aspects of it too. Like these things do exist. Obviously we don't want this technology to get in the hands of the wrong people. Um, but at the same time, if there are these things flying around out there, I do think that we should know. I mean, I think, is you know, it's possible to know or to say, hey, these things exist, you know, without disclosing how they operate or 
the technology that they're using. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's possible to just say, yeah. Hey, there, there's something here. It's, it's been here for a while. Um, you know, everybody's not crazy. This, this exists. However, um, you know, we're not going to tell you how these things work because it's, it's a security issue. I, you know, I'd be fine with that. No, I, I agree totally. That's kind of how I thought like would be a good path to go down to like have like a United Nations thing where like all the top players are all like, okay, yeah, we have had sightings. We have had this, that, and whatever. And potentially we all have crash retrievals, but we're not telling where we are on that. But we can all at least agree that like we have sightings and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, and then maybe like in another 30 years, they'll do the whole like, okay, so we have crash retrieval. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, Do you think it'd be yeah. like a Pandora's box kind of thing, though, where you kind of give a little bit and then people are never satisfied with the with what you give them, so they just keep wanting more and more until it's out of control? I I think so, and I think once people really like realize like the extent of the like psychological operation that was put on like our entire society for decades, uh, I think that's what they're really worried about too, because it's like it kind of makes you question like literally every aspect of reality at that point, like. The government was able to um something i like to say it's like it's like the government was able to convince us like the sun isn't real or something like this this like part of nature this part of reality is just not real and you're crazy if you think it's real so it just opens up this whole other can of worms i think for them yeah that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> right it's like oh don't envy their job um, select the topic. You know? If anybody's interested too, Lee is a man of many uh, hats, and he's also the author of this book, uh, oh. A Visionary Guide to Lucid Dreaming. Uh, I told him I want to get him in contact with the Astral as well. Uh, but um, yeah, Lee Lee runs a a, a space on Facebook called uh, Tail Eaters, where they talk about that, like remote viewing and all that kind of stuff. He's been doing it for a while, so. Um, yeah, check that out. I just wanted to give that a shout out because uh, Lee actually helped me a lot with the lucid dreaming stuff when I was getting into like meditation really, you know, uh, intensely. And we have this weird thing. Um, maybe we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode. These weird peripheral <laughs> lights that nobody can seem to figure out. Um, but uh, so, um, Red, what well, do you think? Uh, tell me about the lucid dreaming stuff. I remember I tried it like yeah. in high school. <laughs> And I, I, I think I did it for probably like. This guy's flipping it on you, Lee. He's in, he's interviewing uh, you. Oh, sorry. Shit. No, no, you're good, dude. Oh, whatever, good. You, whatever you want to do. I want to do I did what it for you like want. A month or two, and I think I had one that was like it felt too real or something. Then I was like, ooh, this is. Uh, but for a while, it, it felt really cool. It was like, oh, I'm flying and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it'd be very helpful for you because it's it's kind of a creative outlook, and also like, uh, you know, you can encounter some things that maybe. Uh, you wouldn't expect in a dream state like that, that would kind of maybe bring up new content for you for your, some of your research paths. So that'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah. there's a there's a couple guys that are really easy to kind of do. Um, and uh, I'll send you some links, but the primary one I think would be very effective for you would be like wake back to bed, which means like you wake up um, after sleeping like four or five hours of t uh, time and and then you stay up for a little bit so you could be like writing or um producing some videos or something so generally like an hour is a good period of time and then essentially you just go back to bed with the intention to kind of have a lucid dream so you kind of try to bring your awareness in with you and it's kind of hijacking your dream state so you can like um have awareness you know your senses while you're while you're dreaming 
So it's could be very useful, you know, for kind of uh, getting in contact with parts of yourself that maybe it's not so easy while you're awake. And generally, I mean, like they literally um, aspects of yourself can manifest as like dream characters and things like that, and you can talk to them. So you may learn, you know, something. Yeah. So that's scary. I feel like I get see some scary demon stuff after all. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh. In everybody, there's a little bit of a demon, right? So um, there's a high chance that you could uh, encounter something like that, definitely. <laughs> but you know, that's part of that's part of uh, life is working through some of that stuff. So it can be uh, helpful for like um, you know, if you have like PTSD or any trauma in the past in your life, um, as well as you know, like the creative aspect I was telling you about. So cool. Yeah, I use uh, Lee. I use your example of how you got rid of your sleep paralysis entity. Uh, I've told quite a few people. Uh, you know, I don't. I hope it's worked for other people. But uh, you basically, he was saying that he had sleep paralysis like over and over and over again, right? And there was this entity. This I forget. You you described it. Yeah. And then you said the only way that you got it, got rid of it, was you swallowed the entity and confronted the entity. And then you stopped having sleep paralysis. So I've told people that, that, you know, in like Twitter spaces and stuff that have been talking about sleep paralysis, I've been using that and just say, hey, try this. This worked for this dude. So hopefully it's worked for other people. Yeah, the main thing is just kind of facing that fear, you know. So I think you're doing that right through like your videos, you know, you're you're kind of facing the um, this controlling aspect of the government and things like that. And maybe that's what's really interested is tr interesting to you, you know, or kind of the cover up and things like that in the history um so everybody kind of has that like that fear or that other you know that they're trying to face and ufos obviously is is the yeah. big the other you know in our culture today so i think young uh said it best when like ufos is like the modern myth you know so um we're trying to mythalize like our lives and like understand these things on the unknown so yeah encountering uh you encounter some darker you know, entities in your dream experiences uh, usually happens to people. And if you don't really understand how to like encounter those things properly, then it'd be very difficult. So, but in overcoming that, you kind of overcome some of your waking life fears too, I think, and become a more whole person. So, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, I had a family member die in one and it felt like so real. I like woke up like screaming, crying. I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm done. But, uh, yeah, yeah definitely yeah it's, it's gonna be it could be uh unraveling you know i was always afraid sure. too of uh like getting stuck like in that state does that ever that doesn't happen right or does it i don't think so uh sometimes you can have what's called like a false awakening where you wake up in a dream over and over and over again and then uh and i i had one time that it got so bad that i thought i literally had died in my sleep so i yeah I was like, oh no, like I'm not gonna ever wake up, you know, like this is it. And I just yelled out like in the dream, like, I want to wake up and it immediately I woke up. So um, you know, it can get it can get pretty intense, but if you have the in the will, you know, if you have a strong will and you, you can you can always get out of it, you know. So <laughs> uh Chase wanted to know, Red um do you have anything on the docket coming up here or anything that you're working on a, a new video or documentary yeah, yes sir so currently i'm working on a so 
I had just done the Project Blue Book one, right? And then one, the one right before that was like how they created the stigma, which basically covered Project Sign, Project Grudge, and then Tether Robertson panel. Uh, so that was two ago. The last one is Project Blue Book, which is basically just like post-Robertson panel, like we're going all in on this uh, media warfare thing. And that one ends with the Michigan um, wave. And then I wasn't really planning on doing it. Like originally that was just supposed to be one video. But then I was like, I haven't really done like a full kind of thing. So I was like, okay, let's make it kind of like a trilogy for the flying saucer era, UFO era. Uh, so this next one is going to pick up from like right after the Michigan wave where uh, you have um, Gerald Ford calling for congressional hearings. And it's basically just going to cover like the congressional hearings and then the Condon committee and then basically the end of Blue Book. And it's just going to show how like basically the Condon committee was the final word for what, like five decades, six decades until 2017. So uh, it'll be cool. It'll be, uh, I'm excited for it. It's, it's kind of like, it's pretty dramatic. Like this whole subject is dramatic. It's so crazy that it's like not been made into multiple TV shows already, you know, but, um, yeah, it'll be cool. And, and it, uh, just kind of shows how like science kind of like abandoned this subject, you know what I mean? Like their failure, if you will. Um, yeah. And It'll be the first time uh, James McDonald. Oh no, actually, he was already in one of my videos, but he's featured heavily in it, so that'll be fun. Uh, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. You know, like science is trying to squeeze their way back in, right? You know, you have Avi Loeb, which I think he's probably the best. Um, I mean, scientist that I can think of off the top of my head. That's you know has the credentials, but is also open minded. Obviously, you have people that have worked on these projects. I'm not trying to disparage what they've done. That's important. But like to have an outsider from academia that's taken seriously and um, jump in the mix and say, let's look at this. You know, like we've had Abi Lovan twice. And I think the second time we were, you know, I told him like, you know, the first time he was on, he said, you know, we're going to really take a look at this and, and try and make a push for this. And then the second time he came on was when they released the Galileo Project. And, you know, he's a man of his word. Also, he made a good point, too. He's like, science should serve the public, you know, or like public interest. It shouldn't be scientists just doing whatever they think is interesting or some slow crawl for funding that leads towards something practical for, you know, like, I think you should have both practicality uh, within science, but then also let's shoot for the stars. Let's figure out if we're alone. Let's figure out what happens when we die. Let's study consciousness. Let's study psychedelics. Let's study all these things and figure out what's what, you know, like that's definitely important, at least to me. Yeah. And it's funny, like how you say that too, like science is like trying to like wiggle their way back in, but it's like, you usually see it with like so much like arrogance and like no acknowledgement of like, it's like they want to come to the table and just kind of like poop on everyone who's already been here. And without any acknowledgement of like you guys kind of dropped the ball for like five decades so i think they should have some humility um you know what i mean uh but we'll see we'll see what happens i think a lot, like i think for those people it hasn't really clicked for them that like there was a psyop for five decades that like made our whole society laugh at this so i think once that clicks for them maybe they will I, we're seeing kind of a, a kind of transitions to something i wanted to talk to too did you guys see eric weinstein's like list today that he put out that's pretty wild but i feel like that's a good um kind of trajectory he's been on maybe we'll see more scientists like on his trajectory yeah why don't you describe that a little bit uh from your perspective the, his tweets and what it was about yeah, let's, and everything. Should we just read them real quick let's see so this is because he had what met with luis elizondo and preface to we're, we're just having fun tonight right people are being like 
oh, you take Elizondo's word as well, or you take Eric, no, we're just having fun. We're talking. Um, so he had met with Luis Elizondo and somebody had asked him, uh, like, what was a list that people should begin studying to um, understand the phenomena? And then I could send this to you too real quick. So we could just be looking at the same thing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was yeah. about, because he's been, just to, to set it up, he's been dabbling uh, in UFO Twitter and the topic lately, as where he was opposed to it um, previous, I think, like five five years ago. Um, uh, he didn't really talk about it much, and then about a year ago, he started to kind of bring it up a little bit, and then now he's kind of fully interested in the topic, so... He has, like, I think one of the best outlooks of, like, some of the people who have come into the fold. Because uh, he's, like, he's not kind of being arrogant. He's recognizing, like, there's something going on here. Which I, and it's either, like, aliens or a PSYOP, which either either one of those is, like, they're faking aliens or it's aliens is wild. But he, he has, like, you could tell, like, some humility for this. And kind of just, like, okay, it's time for me to, like, kind of learn about things before I go and talk crap on this entire community. You know what I mean? So... I do appreciate his outlook on the whole thing. So uh, should we read through the list real quick? Or we'll just go through and if, if something pops out at you. Yeah. Uh, so it's a list of 16 things that I guess Lou Elizondo told him to look up to understand the phenomena. So general relativity, fun, classic. Pseudo-Riemannian geometry. So honestly, I don't even know what that is. Let's look that up. Do you know what that is? I mean, What's Romanian the... geometry, uh, I mean, it's like I think he, geometry. well, he talks about it a lot because he comes from that background of mathematics slash physics background. Um, he has that whole, I forget what he calls his theory, um, but he has like a theory that kind of is trying to marry uh, quantum physics with, um, you know, uh, yeah. old school physics. So. Okay, fun. Quantum field theory closer uh material science condensed matter interesting <laughs> nuclear physics weaponry okay understand that more disinformation theory it's important cult indoctrination deprogramming so what do you think he means by that i mean i think he sees a lot of the people willing to just follow anything out there i mean that's what i see that's why i don't get involved with all the the new people that pop into the scene and then everybody's like, oh yeah, they're going to give us all the, you know, and then, oh, we're not going to the cave, you know, we're not meeting aliens in a cave, you know, that kind of thing. I think he's, I think he's referencing your, uh, your channel, you know, like this uh, cult following of the, of the government, you know, and curing yourself of that, essentially. That's kind of what I got to from it, but I guess being hopeful. <laughs> and then yeah. he said, propaganda, classic. Uh, preference falsification theory. Let me just Google this. Uh, does that just mean like you you were gonna find what you want to find? Let's see. Yeah, kind of like confirmation bias. Okay. It also says it's like kind of like lying to the public about what you actually want. Like your preferences. So I guess that's from the government's point of view. 
Mansfield Amendment. Do you know what that is? Uh, I Not don't know what that is. Oh, and uh, Logan, shout out to Logan. Uh, Eric's theory is called geometric unity theory. Um, he's laid it out, I think, uh, a couple ways. And actually, the, he, there's an interesting backstory to it, too. Like, one of his professors stole his, like, ideas and, like, work when he was in college and, like, oh, kind of, wow. like, passed it off on his own. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I forget. He had a he had a podcast called The Portal for a while. I don't know if he still does it, but I think he talked about it on that. I'll watch Luis Elizondo be on it. That'd be cool. Comes back. So Mansfield Amendment of 1969 passed as part of the fiscal year 1970 Military Authorization Act. It prohibited military funding of research that lacked a direct or apparent relationship to specific military function. Hmm. Interesting. This is such a random list. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, like I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> and then we have, uh, what? we have five more to go. Science policy theory v. Bush, which I think means Van Bush, right? Or do you guys mean, did you guys take that as like versus Bush? Do you see that? Not sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then selection, abstracted, kind of interesting. Um, oh, this uh, one is... Ahmed popped up and he said, Mansfield Amendment prevents the funding of military ventures that don't have a direct military application. Okay. So what do you think he meant by that? Been cleaning that in this... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to ponder. I didn't really, I saw the thing earlier. Uh, somebody else brought it to my attention. Um, and uh, somebody in, in shout out to Uli, um, my tweets. Um or my DMs, and I, I got to go through and look at it more because I really haven't spent – I've just been working all day. So. Oh, okay. I did send it to you on Twitter uh, if you wanted to like go through it with me, but um, there's only a few more left. This one was interesting. I saw people being super interested by uh, comparative eschatology, and that's like the study of the end of the world, right? Yeah. So, kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> that thing comes up a lot. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole cult thing and that together, you know, you definitely have to. I mean, because look, I mean, there really is stuff. There's people that bring that into this mix for sure, whether it's predicting events and things like that. So that's definitely something to look at. I think it sounds like those are like the general. I don't know. You could look at this two ways. Like maybe there's some secret knowledge in each one of those that leads to the bigger picture. Or you could look at it that and say, um, maybe he's just giving him a general overview of what's actually happening to give him the tools to kind of weed through the stuff, if that makes sense. I don't know. Those That would be my two takeaways from that. Um, yeah, that one is that one's super, yeah, super weird, I think. So there's, what, three more, three more. Anti-gravity, anti-gravity pseudoscience involving top phys- or physicists and mathematicians in the era of the so-called golden age of general relativity. Interesting. You think, that sounds like he thinks we might have anti-grav to me. I don't know. Uh, mind control. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, the jet, the, the, um, anti-gravity thing is interesting because i did ask avi Loeb about that he said if there was stuff in our airspace that was using anti-gravity technology um we have like all sorts of sensors and and things that might pick up like it's not something like you would notice that i think is what he was saying and i'm not saying that he knows all or whatever because obviously we're learning new stuff every day Mm -hmm. maybe that was just his take at the time uh but he did say that if there was some sort of 
this and the, again this was before he started the galileo project so maybe he shifted his views on this but you know he said if there was something in our airspace doing that with all the sensors and telescopes and monitors and different things that it would be obvious that something was bending gravity within our uh, atmosphere if that makes sense interesting there there is that whole string of like didn't were they doing anti-gravity research in the 50s and 60s and stuff uh so maybe who knows I, I'm, um, I'm not against it i like it as an idea i think that if something's yeah. out there that's lived long enough why wouldn't you be able to to crack that or you know like we we don't really know i mean gravity is a law but we really don't understand how it works you know like we know there used to be these things called gravitrons these particles and now we know that there's actual gravitational waves too um so like our understanding of, of gravity is is ever evolving uh right now so um i don't yeah. i don't rule that out i don't rule anything out to be honest with you except for people that claim to know like everything that's the thing that really gets to me yeah. but other than that i'm open-minded i mean I, lee do you have any takes on that uh no no <laughs> i mean you were in the military do you think that yeah you were working on planes and stuff right? yeah do you think it's possible that we have anti-gravity technology or there's something that does have that i don't think that we understand gravity yeah so if you don't understand something then uh there's a possibility that something could uh could uh, uh bypass that right so i mean maybe it's easy you know and we just yeah, don't right. know it. it's like to the, the people before the bomb like imagining the bomb would have been like can't even do it or before the planes i still don't really understand how planes right. work like i get lit but it's like <laughs> yeah. <still> like dummy. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pretty crazy you know yeah, I mean, so. screen, screen name in the comments says he's seen it. I know other people that believe that they've really seen anti-gravity stuff happening. Um, so who knows? I, again, I'm open-minded to stuff. Um, I've experienced weird stuff. I've only had one day-to-day -day consciousness experience, which was an orb, which I've talked about a few times. Um, other than that, the, the rest have been all altered states via psychedelics, meditation, lucid yeah. dreaming, that kind of stuff. So, Wait, Could you um, tell me your, your, uh, your conscious one again real quick? So, um, okay. Um, two years ago, actually somewhat, you know, with the, it'll be in a month, it'll be a couple years to the day. Uh, but you know, we were celebrating my dad's birthday in his backyard. My dad and I are looking off into the horizon towards where O'Hara airport is, um, outside of Chicago. Oh, and, um, my wife's facing me um, and both my dad look up, we're like, what's that? There's this just like this big orange thing hanging in the sky. And it's not stars. It's not Mars or any planets. I know what those look like. Uh, I'm very familiar with the night sky. And um, even I was so thrown off that when I reached in my pocket for my phone, I wasn't pulling it up to, to pull out the camera. I was going to pull up the star charts. I'm like, what is that? Because that's what that's the level of like what I was thinking of. I wasn't even thinking of like UFO or orb or anything like that. What it was, it was an orange orb. So I pull out my phone. And by the time I pull this thing up, it we watched it just shoot off like super fast. And it wasn't a plane. I've seen a million planes coming back and forth through O'Hare. It wasn't a plane. It was an orb. Now, if you want to tell me it was a drone or ball lightning or something weird, plasma, plasmoid, something, I, you know, I could get behind that. But it definitely wasn't a plane, and it definitely wasn't something that I would say was conventional technology. But the interesting thing is my dad and I didn't, like, mythologize it, like, after that. Well, we just kept saying, that was just so weird. That was just so bizarre. 
Um, and my wife's like, what? You know, cause she was turned the other way. She didn't see. But yeah, we just, the whole night, we just kept saying how weird it was, you know? And at that point I was dead sober. I hadn't hit, hit my vape pen or herbs or anything yet. And I hadn't drinking a sip of beer or anything like that. Um, so I was dead sober. We both saw this thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know that there's that famous sighting at O'Hare. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was my day-to-day. Before that, I was always skeptical um, of day-to-day consciousness sightings. Not that I didn't believe that they existed, but that I never experienced it myself. So when you don't experience something, you're always going to be, like, skeptical. Um, You know, that's the whole thing. That's the interesting thing about anecdotal evidence is it is evidence, but the mind is so weird and so bizarre. It's like sometimes I know I can't trust myself in my own mind, so how am I gonna expect somebody else to trust it kind of a thing you know so yeah do you, uh yeah you're saying too that that whole region has like kind of a lot of sightings i feel like because you guys are close to michigan too right like yeah i mean i'm from you... the detroit area i grew up like on the great lakes like i grew up uh on detroit outside of detroit it's lake st Clair. um you know lots of freighters in that area and stuff like that but there's a ton of sightings on lake huron uh, i don't know if you know chris wolford but chris wolford's from that area too um, there's a lot of action and you have Selfridge Air Force Base. Um, actually I didn't even, I was rereading, um, Operation Trojan Horse, uh, by John Keel and there's a specific, um, uh, there's a specific, um, sighting that happened in 1967 when he's going through all the 1967 events, uh, early in the book, um, from the Detroit area. And actually the one that hovered above the school, is exactly that's like where i grew up that community so like i didn't even know about this famous ufo sighting that like selfridge air force base was alerted and like there was this whole thing um i didn't even know about and (laughs) my wife went to that school so it's like you know i I didn't know um that that happened so i like reading that i'm like holy shit this is kind of a synchronicity because this is where i grew up it's not like a huge you know it's a small suburb outside of detroit so yeah kind of crazy but uh yeah that area with maybe it's the water uh the so great lakes too, right? so yeah, could, like, you got a base under there or something uh, could be that stuff. um but yeah lots of people have seen stuff um and beaver island is an island off the the coast of michigan they've had some weird stuff happen there there's actually um old stone circles uh on there that they've studied uh same thing there's underwater um kind of like megalithic uh stone structures in the huron straits um there's also a uh stone circle not to connect this kind of thing but there's a lot of weird stuff in the great lakes that there's um, a a stone alignment in traverse bay that the one stone has a um, a mastodon carved into it so like Hmm. you know now we know we found uh clovis people and clovis tools in Michigan where they thought was completely covered in ice. And obviously now it wasn't if there's people living in that area. So uh, interesting stuff. The Great Lakes are very interesting. There's a whole history there that I would like to document or maybe do like a documentary in the future with all the weird yeah. stuff that I know. But um, And the blackouts too, right? Like not saying it's yeah. totally connected, but some people have postulated that it's connected. That that happened my senior year, my senior year in high school. We were... There's some in the 60s and recently too, right? Yeah, there's like... Yeah, multiple. the one from was it 2003 um yeah the year i graduated we were actually on our way the next week to go to this 
our favorite band fish this fish festival in maine uh and my parents were out of town and the power went out and like like what are we gonna like we just had parties and we had kids bringing ice over and kegs and uh we would have gotten away with it too had not been for our neighbor ratting us out about like to to our parents but my stepbrother and i yeah we had like a ton of people over a ton of parties every day during that that blackout but yeah interesting times um i don't know about the blackout thing though um somebody I, said I think that, it's when someone said remember i think you're in that space too probably someone yeah came in and was like yeah but yeah wouldn't the, the, didn't the guy say he worked for the energy company and he said it would be impossible based on what would happen what happened that it could have been a ufo or something i don't know what he was saying yeah. something like that um, but uh i think tom had said like the one in the 60s or something was related to it like they shot down a nuke or a ufo or something that's what he says so it's a fun story who knows but uh I mean, what do you think about that he's kind of it seems like he's just going straight back to music uh i think he's pretty much done all he could do which is yeah. way like insane to even do like you know what i mean like yeah. people give him a lot of crap but i think what he did was pretty uh i give him crap i'm I mean... just honest about <laughs> something like no, no no like like i've said this before like he's brought more people to the subject than like you said like he's done way more than most people like obviously there's tons of people that would have never even thought about the subject if it wasn't for him so you have to give him credit for that uh yeah, that's right. but the whole you know, anti-gravity machine and then ma- posting fa- known fake pictures and yeah, pretending that's... they're real and then deleting them. Like that's the stuff that I give, but th- that's a, that's a real critique. Like I, you know, if, if I posted a fake picture of a UFO and I knew, you know, knew it was fake or somebody told it was fake and I still posted it and then took it down later, I would expect people to like give me shit unless there was some sort of cryptic thing behind it. I don't know, but yeah. Um... And it's like, you, he should, like, he shouldn't know, like you have a responsibility. I feel like when you're like, the face of this super faded stuff like even some of the stuff he'll say like about you know just some of the more like esoteric or like weird aspects it's like i don't know if you could just say that because you're like you know what i mean you're the face of this kind of thing or was a face of this so yeah you should be a little more responsible with like the posting the fake clearly fake things or at least but like that was a troll that was a joke but uh but yeah no i think we could still call him out on that and still like appreciate and respect that like where the subject is right now yeah. yeah, I mean, look, we're all coming. Like, we all make mistakes, you know. Yeah. I go back and listen. You know, sometimes, if I'm if I'm feeling saucy, I'll go back and listen to some of our first episodes we did on Minuscape. I'm like, I believed that. I thought that. I said that. Like, you know, just the most woo crazy stuff that I would never like. I've debunked it myself a million times since then. So it's like, um, look, we're all here to learn and grow, and that's what our podcast is about is about learning and growing and and um you know it's tough when you put yourself out there too because it's on record right whether it's social media or podcast or you're making videos or whatever so once it's out there it's like you put that into the the sphere and like let's say seven years ago you said something stupid well seven years ago now you're a different person you know like so i try and think about things like that give people the benefit of the doubt you know but uh yeah nobody's above critique you know so yeah and i think for me too because uh especially lately i've been spending so much time in the blue book era or whatever and just like learning about all these different like basically like thousands of people who wanted what he did and then like more or less failed not their fault but like throughout the decades have wanted that and i think it's kind of one of those things uh grant cameron says it pretty well he's like uh like it's going to be like gay marriage kind of situation where it's like almost overnight 
it's going to be like everyone's like oh yeah i'm for gay marriage and no one's going to be like uh a year uh, a decade ago like half of the population was against it and was like kind of like mean about it if you will you know what i mean um so i think that the farther we get away from the post 2017 like the less his impact seems important but like if you go before that the stigma was peak high um Den remember like Dennis Kucinich got laughed at on stage just for talking about it uh, at the Democratic debates in 2008. Uh, yeah, pilots wouldn't report, you know, the Navy redid their reporting guidelines, you know, those are like huge things like how many pilots like over the decades have not been able to report are now going to be able to, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm interested. So like, obviously, we've gotten Lee's point of view from when he was in it in the Navy. Um, I would like to hear what if it's the same way now maybe it is maybe he's right maybe there's just no time and you're just you know you've got that tunnel focus on what your job and your tasks are and you know you might joke around here or there or maybe it's changed what if like everybody's talking about it now like are we gonna see a ufo today and they're, you know they've got their <laughs> camera phones out and they're they're looking to you know to go viral i mean i don't know let's i would like to talk to somebody uh if anybody's in the navy listening and you want to talk about your experiences Ooh, yeah. let's get it going yeah I'm just waiting for uh, Michael Pollan to write a book on UFOs, and then everybody will believe that it's real. Suddenly, <laughs> that's what's that's what's going to change it right there, Michael yeah. Pollan's. Actually, a uh, little Strassman shade on Paul in the last episode. We had Rick Strassman on. Oh wait, what happened there? Nice. Not just, well, he's just like you know he's not a scientist or he's just a science writer. You know, I'm not he's a fan. I'm not he's a fan a, either. He, yeah, I'm not. He's left so much stuff out, especially that documentary uh, he did on. Um, uh, Netflix recently. Um, I don't even yeah. know. Did he? Did he even add anything about like Maria Sabina and any of that kind of stuff? Like, I think that. I don't know the indigenous. I think you have to mix. For me, it's always like learning about the indigenous aspects of it, while also looking at like the clandestine chemist aspects of it, while also looking at like the governments. You know, like look, learning right. about all those. Yeah. I know a lot about the counterculture stuff, the Grateful Dead, obviously my shirt, my hat. You know, like that's that's the world i come from the music world um in regards to all that but um yeah i don't know i, I think it's all fascinating i think it all kind of ties together in different ways too yeah, um definitely. do you uh do you have any like other objectives like you know obviously you're doing these movies on like secrecy but is there anything else that interests you aside from like the secrecy and like the cold war stuff or no, to be honest, like I have like a list of like 200 videos of like subject I want, subjects I want to cover. So like for now, for the foreseeable future, I think that'll keep me busy. And also I want to have like, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have my first Spanish one, but I want to have like the same content in like different languages. So I think that would keep me busy. Uh, like biggest dream goal ever would be like to actually make like a TV show or something. But even then, like, I feel like honestly, I, I enjoy doing this YouTube thing a little a lot just because i'm able to just do it just me my room you know um and uh yeah there's just so much there's so much so many stories here so many amazing things and kind of like what you're saying too and how i feel about the ufo community is it's like there's so many like tangential subjects that like relate into it like indigenous cultures or something you know what i mean like airplane history rocket history so there's all these things that just make it so interesting and like in the community too you just meet super interesting super smart people that like know a lot about like the most random things so there's for, for the time being good actually you mentioned the indigenous or i mentioned it, and then you re-mentioned it but the indigenous community you know there's um terence mckenna's true hallucinations uh where he's down in columbia and he has a real ufo um 
experience. Um, the indigenous people have been experiencing these things. Um, so that's an interesting thing to study, in my opinion, and would be to do um, studies on that aspect of it, which would be, um, you know, the cultural, you know, lens of which people view these things. And I, you know, if people, um, you know, psychedelics are somewhat new to the West, other than, you know, we had the Eleusinian Mysteries, which was, you know, gotten rid of by the, the, uh, the Visigoths, Alaric the Visigoth and ca the Catholics, and they kind of squashed that whole thing uh, after Rome. Uh, but, you know, when you look into like these, these other traditions, the Mesoamerican traditions and stuff like that's still super rich and there's a lot of history there. Uh, st whatever wasn't destroyed by the Colombians and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, Columbus and all the, uh, Europeans, um, because they did destroy a lot of texts. I mean, we have for like the psychedelic stuff, they have the Vienna codex, um, and the codices that have the sacred mushroom rituals and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, the, the whole UFO thing from that lens is interesting. Um, and I'd like to see more stuff on that. I don't see a ton on that. I think maybe it'll slowly bleed out though, right? It's got to start here and then it'll work its way. People will slowly recognize, oh, that's what these people are talking about. You know, uh, we've had these experiences, you know, so. It kind of seems like even in our society, we're seeing that too, where it's like, I feel like DMT is like so like mainstream now compared to like 15 years ago or so, you know what I mean? like going to Peru and doing ayahuasca or something. So uh, they're all converging. I've got a question for you, though, actually, because I feel like you would know, because I feel like not a lot of people know. What's your take on, like, a Esalen Institute and all that? Do you think it's, like, sketch at all or it's all good? I I feel like it's a big part of, like, UFO history, but it's kind of, like, tucked away. Are you talking about, um, like, yeah, I mean. Because um, when you said Terrence McKenna, I thought of that, too. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know if it's sketch. Like, what do you mean by sketch? Well, I've heard some people say it's sketched to the point where it's like that was the CIA making culture, making the whole counterculture movement. Um, and I think they did do some like uh, Andrea Puhar channeling stuff there, right? Which I don't, some people were like, that was a, like an MK Ultra experiment front, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. That's always, it's, it's, that's one of the, the things that's kind of hard to get a lot of good information about, I feel. Yeah, there's uh, I I really like um, Stan Groff. I don't know if you're familiar with his research with like LSD and like uh, pre-birth trauma and all that kind of stuff. I know he did a lot of stuff through there. I think Lee's probably heard. Have you heard of Stan Groff, Lee? And he's got a there's a book no. called The Way of the Psychonaut. There's a, a documentary too. Um, but yeah, they talk about Esalen a little bit in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, people have been saying that kind of stuff forever. People said that stuff about the Grateful Dead and Osley, and Osley was the guy that that synthesized all that LSD, that pure LSD for everybody, and um, he was CIA or whatever. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, there's that other book too. Um, what's that name? The the one about uh, Manson, and uh, I read it a while ago. I gotta see if I can pull it up here real quick. Um, what's the name of that? Yeah, Chaos by Tom O'Neill. Uh, that if you're interested in that subject, Red, you should check out that book. It's called Chaos. Um, this dude spent like 20 years writing this book on like MK Ultra, Charles Manson, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, because exactly. wasn't wasn't Manson around Esalen or something like that, or no? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know a ton about Esalen. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know. I know a uh, lot about like the Merry Pranksters, Ken Kesey. I've read Electric Kool Aid Acid Test many times, which is um, 
you know, Tom Wolfe masterpiece, you know, he, he went around and, um, was around all the merry pranksters and the early LSD acid tests and the Grateful Dead and the Hell's Angels and all the stuff that was happening with that. The Electroclate Acid Test is a great book. But anybody that's sensitive to language, there's a lot of like racist language used because it's reflective of the time. So if, if you know that'll turn you off, don't read it. But there's a lot of good information in there too. Um, if you can separate the art from the artist. Um, but yeah. There was a, oh no, another thing they said about Esalen was like, I think, like Boris Yeltsin's first trip to America was like somehow um, the Esalen Institute kind of like um, coordinated that. And then he kind of was kind of like instrumental in the fall of the Soviet Union or whatever. Some people say that's sketch. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess. Who knows? Maybe he, maybe he had a psychedelic experience there and was like, I got no, that's what they say, like in the, in the yeah. hot tub. <laughs> that you know wouldn't I mean? be that. That wouldn't be surprising to me. I mean, do you know how many times, I mean, I can only speak to this myself that I've done like psilocybin and coming down, you want to get your life together. You want to be a better person. How can I love better, love more, do better, fix everything wrong with my life? That's all I think about when I come down. I, don't, I mean, I think Lee can speak to that as well. Um, but yeah, you either turn into a better person or you think you're Jesus. So, you know, one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, I'm not going to give away what I, you know, figured yeah. out about myself there. Yeah, Lee's got he's got to keep it close to the vest. But um, <laughs> yeah, I have my own experiences I don't talk about too. You know, we've done a trip report series where I talk about all my um, crazy mystical and um, metaphysical trips. But then I do have ones that I won't talk about that, you know, kind of like what Lee's saying, like it's too personal. Or maybe I'm, you know, some of them I think I'm even still processing it in a way. The more I learn, the more I know about it in general and learn, learn about myself. So um but, uh, yeah, no, something that I'll look into it more, though, um, based on what you're saying, because I have read, you know, different things where it's in there. But I, like I said, I haven't studied the Esalen Institute on its own and, and looked into it that much. It came up first when I was doing my Edgar Mitchell video, because, like, after he had his whole uh, Apollo 14 flight and he was, like, uh, basically like a DMT trip in space is kind of how it sounds like, right? If you hear him talk about it, uh, he was, like, looking for just kind of like a answers that I guess the material Western world couldn't find, he would say, so he ended up there. And then that's kind of like uh, like uh, Hal Pudoff and Yuri Geller and like a, the, a lot of the SRI people like met there. So it is kind of like a really interesting little piece of history where, yeah, you have some people say like, oh no, it's just like a hippie retreat. And then you have other people saying like, oh no, it's CIA, MKUltra front and like Silicon Valley still goes there to do DMT and talk to entities, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, um when I was first getting into this, like a call knowledge stuff and these topics and everything like five years ago, I've been interested in like UFOs and alien stuff since I was like 13 talking about like thinking about panspermia, you know, sitting out, you know, you go camping and smoke by the river and just stare up at the stars and just speculate and theorize and everything. Uh, but it wasn't till like five years ago, I started taking this stuff seriously. Um, and one of the, the things that caught my eye was, you know, I'm a musician, um, I'm really a big Jerry Garcia, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix fan. Um, there's even a guy named Steve Vai, who's a really good guitarist that likes this book. But there's this book called The Urantia Papers or The Urantia Book. And it's supposed to be a channeled piece. And kind of what you're talking about, the uh, Puharic, I think he they translated it from French or into French. Um but so the thing is, is it's it's kind of like a, a it was a channeled piece. The, the background story is really interesting. However, later I found out 
uh, somebody brought it to my attention that the guy that organized the whole thing, uh, Sadler, um, wrote a book on eugenics, which is obviously a no-go. So then I kind of like, okay, this is, maybe I should even be talking about this. (laughs) Um, uh, But, you know... Today, What's like someone was, someone was posting about Esalen, and then someone posted like they channeled a racist entity, like in this year, like yeah, I I, 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 I believe it. But anyway, so this this book is like a combination of like spirituality, philosophy, religion, with some Christianity and some elements taken from like other religions. Um, I think it's actually even referenced in that God's Man in War um, at the very beginning when they're talking about the Nine or these people that meet up in the woods or something like that. I don't know if you remember that part. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I, I got it. Cause I'm like, who, what's this book that Jerry Garcia, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, like it was said that Jimi Hendrix carried this thing around and wore out multiple copies, you know? So it's like, you know, and he's reading it. So like, you know, there's a whole part about like different colors of people, but there's like blue and indigo and like, like people aren't really these colors. So it didn't really make sense from that standpoint. But then looking at, the guy's background uh and being interested and in, he was interested in uh eugenics it's like okay i gotta i gotta abandon this but um you know uh, either way though i think it's an integral part of like this whole topic in, in history because you're you're talking about cults you're talking about religions um i could see how somebody could easily read that thing and be like i'm all in you know so yeah um which what do you think i think there's going to be some craziness going forward with like religions being formed and stuff as this becomes more mainstreamed and just yeah. kind of like uh, also incorporated into it like there's a lot of like christian uh like the ufo stuff is a false deception content already right now you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's like a lot of channels that focus on that so yeah yeah i think it's gonna what do you do you have any predictions for that going forward like how it's gonna be incorporated into current religions or new religions are gonna form or anything well, was it last year? I saw that they were the. There was like they, I don't know what if they. I don't know if it was somebody reaching out to the Catholic Church, but they brought in like six priests or something. They were going to announce something, and then nothing ever happened. But I assume that that's to bring that to kind of the people, and then you have people, you know, like uh, uh, Diana Pasalka writing books and talking about that whole topic. You have. You know, and getting access had, to the Vatican, right? She had she access like, to the, the the Vatican secret archives. Um, the remote viewing saint. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, you know, there's the people. I find it very, you know, I find it very fascinating the people that do get access to that. And I mentioned this to you before too. Do you have to sign an NDA? Do you have to be Catholic? I mean, I was raised Catholic. I wouldn't really consider myself Catholic uh, anymore. I'm just spiritual in nature. Um, I don't think there's one right way over others. Um, but I do think you can be personally spiritual and know that there's something greater, whether it be the universe or energy or whatever connects us together kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and what do you think about that? Do you think that religion with the whole, um, you know, like this is kind of like a, instead of God of the gaps, it's alien of the gaps. Do you think it's going to even push further in that direction? Cause I, people are abandoning religion they're going to need something bigger than themselves to, to, you know, rely on or fall back on. It's just human nature. Um, I don't know if you have a take on that. Uh, like, like honestly, like, cause yeah, from what I see in terms of just like religious content, it's mostly more of like the deception angle than the like integrate this into our religion angle. 
So I don't know. I feel like honestly, if anything, I feel like this might revitalize a lot of uh, people. Because yeah, it kind of did seem like when uh, everyone was first getting on the internet in like 2008, there was this big like atheism agnostic wave. But it kind of seems like now that's kind of like evened out and people are just kind of doing their own thing, you know, with what they believe, which is like totally great. Um, but but yeah, I, I just, my gut tells me like as more and more of this stuff comes out, like it's so weird, right? Like, cause like the Kolaris one, which I've done videos on and I just always tell people it's like my favorite case cause there's so many uh, documents and witnesses and whatnot. Like somebody could totally make a religion around that or some of the like contactees, you know what I mean? We see or historically like, or even some of the stuff like uh, Greer does, like if you see some of his like uh, videos, like borderline of religion already, you know? So I think we're going to yeah. see like a lot of that. Yeah, it's interesting how yeah, see, um, flipped, right? I already see artwork, you know, like people re referencing UFOs and things like that in artwork of religious artwork from the past, you know? So they're already trying to uh, integrate it, I think, and unify it into some type of theory where, you know, some type of influence in the past to... Like there's a picture of essentially Jesus Christ having like a UFO above him, like teleporting mm -hmm. a beam into his head, you know, and they're like, obviously it's a UFO, you know, so mm -hmm. it's already there, I think, and the future is just going to be more crazy with it. So, yeah, yeah. there's a religion about Jedi, you know, like, so yeah, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, yeah, again, I mean, I... Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I've, I'll keep mentioning this because I think it's important. But for me, I'm open-minded to, you know, just give me the evidence or, you know, my philosophies change daily. But uh, at very least, my opinion is um, there is purpose or um, some sort of teleology to life. Uh, at very least, um, you know, we're trying to survive, right? So what does that mean? Why why would that be ingrained in our DNA and our being if it didn't mean something, right? So there's inherent meaning built into existence. Now, um, I've said this before, at very least, what we're doing is we're dangling this carrot in front of ourselves, like the Greeks did with the gods, and we've done with shamanism and all these different aspects of life before us. Um, we dangle the carrot in front of us, we finally get to the carrot and then we create a new carrot to dangle in front of ourselves and by doing that it leads us um, in a path in a direction and we're constantly evolving our consciousness and technology and ideas and things like that so I think at very least you could fall back on that as a safe bet like um, it might sound a little you know gloomy but it's not as bad as this means nothing it's all an accident you know like uh what's his name? Um, Richard Dawkins kind of a thing. Right. Um, so at very least, I think that's what we might be doing is dangling this carrot in front of ourselves. It, 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 you know, on the other end of things, I don't necessarily believe that, but I think that that's the baseline. I think that there is something weird. I've experienced it. Lee's experienced it. Tons of people I trust that I think are intelligent people have experienced it. Um, and you know, you're in the spaces red, you know, these people yeah. have stories, you know, there's, there couldn't be that many people making up stories. There couldn't be that many people embellishing or hyperbolizing their situations. So, um, so I think there's something going on. I think it's somehow connected to our consciousness because I think everything's connected to consciousness. You can, you literally cannot, you know, think, measure, observe, whatever, without being a conscious being. So it is a conscious phenomenon. Now, 
the only argument against that would be is it illusionism which would be the idea that we aren't conscious and that's the consciousness itself is an illusion and just a byproduct of biological function which i don't believe but that would be the argument against that so i don't know not to get all nerdy philosophical uh, when you had your sightings was there any like consciousness aspect or like did you feel like it shot off once you recognized it or something kind of a deal so i had that feeling um and i've mentioned this before you know the feeling like that sinking feeling, maybe you're on like a roller coaster, or I've had it sometimes driving in the car if I, there's been like a close call where you're kind of like heart okay, jumps yeah. in your throat kind of. I kind of had some inklings of that, if that makes sense. Like when I saw it, it just kind of jarred me like that, but there was nothing like physical happening around me. I was just standing there, so I don't know. But yeah, that's that was a good question because I did feel that. A lot of accounts too, you'll hear people say, right, like, I could feel it watching me or I could feel it talking to me or so. So yeah, who knows? Uh, I mean, what doesn't even Elizondo say like C5 is real, but just Greer's a huckster for charging for it or something. Yeah. I mean, so. Elizondo calls it heist, right? Or isn't it, is that what it's called? Heist? Oh, is that what he's calling it? Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like a different acronym for what's going I need on. To get, I need to get an acronym out here, man. I need to come up with something. <laughs> you made it you in the UFO community when you have an acronym that you brought to the table. Yeah, there you go. Lee and I were just joking, actually, before you jumped on the call. Uh, we're so old that I'll see uh, acronyms out there, and I'll be like, what does that mean? I have to like, look it up <laughs> yeah. on Google and stuff. Um. I don't know, man. The phenomenon's weird. It's real, but it's weird. Um, I want to say it's all in the mind because I love the idea that um, somehow there's a physical phenomenon. It's kind of like Jungian, you know, and Lee knows a lot about Carl Jung. He studied him uh, in school and stuff, but um, kind of like a Jungian take in the sense that um, what we're seeing is a symbol for something that we can't actually observe because we're not evolved enough whether it be consciously or maybe even biologically but it represents something that we know to be that exists whether it be in the future or um you know it's like an archetype of of this this metaphysical thing um so yeah i mean that's the way i perceive it i really like young's book um on the topic i don't know if you've read it but i, I really recommend no, I need to, uh, you should really read it and he, you're not going to get the answer of like it exists or doesn't exist he actually leaves it ambiguous uh but i think that that's the way it should be because that's that's where we're at it's a very ambiguous thing so yeah um, totally. i don't know do you have anything to say about that lee i know you're a big young youngian uh philosopher <laughs> guy uh there's a lot, lot to unpack there. I'd say so. Definitely uh, look into the young. I'd say um, he's a good no, start. But uh, I think there's a lot to be made after Young's work too. So I would take it with a grain of salt. Definitely. Yeah. I remember coming across him when I was doing my research for uh, the Project Blue Book one, which when I was doing the New York Times breakdown. And uh, there was something where it was funny. It was like, I think someone had said that Young was all into it and then he had to like correct the record or something. It was just a funny little uh, <laughs> thing in like the 50s, mid 50s or so. But then, yeah, look. I think there might be an interview yeah. of him actually talking about it, if I remember right, but I'm not sure. Yeah, there's yeah. There, there's the Red Book too, which is really good. And then one that I, my favorite one of his is called Modern Man in Search of a Soul. Um, there's a really it's all about like dream analysis there's a really really good 
anecdote in there about the Swiss mountain climber who kept having this reoccurring dream that he was going to die uh, up up on this mountain in the Alps. And he was talking with Young about it, and he was like, you know, I keep having this dream, and I'm just worried that, you know, I'm going to die up on this mountain. Uh, and, like, Young had, like, a simple solution. He's like, well, then just go up with other people or bring somebody with you or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Uh, so the guy kept, you know, he, he did that. He kept bringing people with him. And then one day he decided, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to go up there alone. Uh, and he goes up there and he dies. So, um, my takeaway from that is, and something I ponder regularly, was it in the back of his mind that, 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 that could happen, therefore creating some sort of doubt or something like that? Or did he have some sort of precognition, um, that that was going to happen via the dream world and, um, uh, the metaphysical realms and meta, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then they kind of came to fruition. I don't know. Dude, based on what I just said, what would you guys have a take on that? Uh, wasn't there a space? I feel like recently where someone was saying something similar. I probably, like, I definitely mentioned that in the space probably. Uh, like someone was saying, I think it was like a personal in the space too. was like, they, they'd always had this vision dream or whatever. And then like the day it finally happened, like line by line by line by line, it was like the day like around that his gra- grandma had died or something like that. So I don't know, maybe those like big emotional things like time isn't linear or whatever like it bleeds into your subconscious but i don't know that's all yeah i definitely had precog dreams i know people have had them and uh, there's actually a good book on it but i can't recall the the name of it so i read part of the book and yeah i found it pretty interesting it was talking about how future events actually infect uh past events which was interesting so there's a lot yeah, of unpack there is the whole podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just like trying to even understand like how that would work. It's like, well, or even I mean, you know, I, one thing that, you know, I, I don't know if you touch on in your videos is, uh, um, you know, like actual encounters with like some beings in, you know, dealing with these UFOs or anything like that I don't know if you have videos that kind of go into that aspect of the UFO phenomenon or. Well, Going back to Colaris, that's why I tell people it's like the best case. Like Brazil already did what we're trying to do in America. Like oh, they already did it. So like, but in that case, there's one of them, and it's like the main guy, uh, Holanda. He has an encounter with a an entity that like, I don't even think it like came out of the ship. I think it like materialized, but it was basically like, it wasn't a typical gray, but it was kind of the same body size, and it just kind of had like a face that was like covered, uh, with like slits in the eyes. I think, um, and it kind of just talked to him and portuguese and told him to be calm so like nothing like super like esoteric or deep meaning but uh yeah so but it's i think it's weird but then again it's like is that even like uh because i'm of the belief that you really can't trust anything these things say it's like who knows it could be i don't know like a projection of some alien technology or some like simulation theory like base thing you know they tell so many people get told so many different things you know some people get like gassed up told they're the best and people get told they're humans are the worst uh-huh. we're all gonna die so. yeah it's a big spagger what do you think uh are you um are you excited for this new james fox documentary yeah actually i am and i think i'm going to the uh premiere on oh, nice. Monday, right? so that'll be cool that's fun nice. uh i only went to one ufo event before it was the uh bob lazar one back in the day and that was really cool. Like, I didn't even talk to anyone, but just like being in a room full of people, like we're into UFOs, like you just feel the energy, you know? So uh, this one will be fun. I'm going to some friends and whatnot. 
are you guys in neither of you guys are in LA, right? Uh, no, I'm in Chicago. And Lee Lee's West Coast. Seattle area. Yeah. 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 So um, I'd love to yeah. go though. <laughs> it, it I think it'll be fun. Then I think he didn't James Fox say he's gonna get like an after party thing. So maybe <laughs> we're uh we're going to have an announcement sometime in the future. We're going to do a premiere of our documentary when it's done as well. I don't want to give anything away yet, but um, yeah, big, big news, exciting stuff. Uh, is Chupacabra helping you with that? Or, or I don't feel like a... Is what? Is Chupacabra helping you with that? Or what's the, that's about yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've talked to Sam about maybe doing some animation stuff. I, I you know, I tried to reach out to everybody that, um, you know, we talked to. Um, yeah. to, for different elements and see if, you know, different people want to help in different ways. And, you know, Shane's in it, Toby's in it. You know, I have, it's a mix of hey, Lee's in it. Lee's sitting right here. Lee's in it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mix of, um, experiencers, uh, with the UFO stuff and also people that have psychedelic experiences with entities. Um, and I wanted to make a UFO slash, um, esoteric slash mysticism documentary for people that are into those topics i feel like every time james fox the phenomenon and it's a phenomenal documentary but it's you know a lot of that stuff most people know i mean i think he did it in a way that i learned a lot from like that he, he went in kind of like a timeline in like a chronological order which i really appreciated um through that um but yeah i wanted to make one that for people that are into these weird esoteric aspects of the phenomenon um I wanted to do a documentary that that has all those elements in there and talks about entities and DMT entities and we have Rick Strassman and Andrew Gallimore and some of the top yeah. people. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's been a really like solid one of those. So yeah, that'll be really cool. And that's a topic people love. Like I love reading about that stuff too. Like the DMT connection. And yeah. Have you seen the? I think it, whenever it comes up in a space, if I'm in it, I usually post that video. But have you seen that video where it's like some guy just took a like 15 to 20 people's like who they did DMT, had their experience, and, like, right away filmed themselves of, like, trying to describe it to either their friends or just to the camera. And he, like, cut them up and spliced them all up, and it's, like, they have the exact same, uh, like, experiences. It's pretty, uh, pretty no, wild. It might be interesting for you. I'll send it to yeah, you. That'll yeah, be send, a send good it to me. I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah but you know the the objective of the documentary is not to say aliens exist or entities exist or they're external or you know internal or whatever it's to put the experiences out there um in a credible way and give kind of a narration over it of uh, my own research and ideas on it and again it's going to not really be that objective it's going to be um i guess objective in the in the sense that i'm going to be putting the information out there for people to decide themselves what they think uh, about it. But at very least, I think it's relatable in the sense that I think everybody has some sort of weird story. Oh, I saw some lights or a ghost or an entity or a psychedelic experience or whatever. Um, you know, I think that I want to bring people together over that, these, these greater mysteries, as opposed to like, you know, it's just about like the government story stuff or just about, um, yeah. you know, I saw an alien and it's one guy's tail or whatever. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the reason why we're doing this is actually we had a different documentary on near death experiences lined up before, um, you know, lockdowns and different things. So, um, we pivoted and Chris Wolford, who's a good friend, uh, has never really told his story on any big platform. So I wanted to give his story, uh, the proper. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Okay, I was thinking of that. Yeah, I, like... I want. I wanted to give him the proper platform to to tell his story and share um, his experiences and everything like that, and then build, 
you know everything else around that so that's kind of what we're doing but that'd be yeah. cool that'd be very cool and then uh i think uh ufo garages also has one i don't know if there's come out yet it's uh it's great to see everyone just kind of like grinding you know yeah i know is uh tupas i think he's editing that one isn't he oh, okay that's probably yeah. where i got the yeah yeah i think he's he's uh he's editing that documentary for him but yeah, yeah Tupa's I mean... good for the graphics he you saw the little graphic did in my last one i'm sure you could yeah. do something cool for dmt and yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I talked to him about possibly like animating um, part of the, I don't want to go, I don't want to ruin it, but my grandfather who was in the Korean War um, was in one of the bomber planes um, and there was a weird Foo Fighter experience that happened um, oh, nice. there. So I was, my uncle's going to retell the story and then I was going to try and maybe have it animated. So. Oh, that'd be really cool. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, man, um, I definitely want to have you back on again in the future. And I love your takes on stuff. And like I said, no, I mean, I'm down it's, yet. I've, it's fun I've, talking to people who like are deep, right? Like deep into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what we are. We're, we're deep into it. I don't know how you can't be, you know, like that's why, you know, when I talk to you and I talk to Lee, you know, it's, I could talk for four hours cause nobody ever wants to talk about this stuff. So when I find somebody <laughs> that does want to talk about it, that's all I want to talk about. But, um, yeah, and I sent you that DMT video, by the way. It's uh, okay. It's one of my favorite like DMT resources. It's just super interesting to watch. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, I'll check it out for yeah. sure. Well, listen, right, man, then. this has been a pleasure. Yeah, um, and uh, everybody, go check out uh, Red Pandas. Actually, real quick, give us. Can you give us the background of your name, the Red Panda Koala? Where to come from? Uh, you know, those are just two animals I really like. I really like the Red okay. Panda a lot. <laughs> and then when I was making the channels, like. I don't know if I really want UFO in my name or whatever, yeah. just because there's like a lot of it. But then it also, it also worked out great because it makes it really easy to like search. Yeah. And I feel like it uh, it makes it like where it's like my channel will be to like a really good place like when it's ready to be. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Because the name is just so throwing off. You know, it's like it's like when my content is there, like it'll be there, and it and it gives me some time to kind of like learn how to edit and learn how to just kind of like take in this subject. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. so it worked out good and yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I have a little hat. There you go. That's, that's in his profile <laughs> picture. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's what I, I made the joke in some of those spaces. I said, oh. that's how you came up with the name. You, uh, you killed a, a, a red panda and, a koala <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> sewed them I together. Ate its, ate its heart on a black yeah. Uh, full moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, listen, man, seriously, like you're doing an awesome job. I really like your videos. I love them. Uh, they're great. And I've learned a lot because, like I said, I don't focus on that aspect of the phenomenon a lot when in my own research. So, I, I, you know, in times like or subjects like that, I like to turn to people that I can trust that I know that do like deep research and like know what they're talking about. And you're definitely that. So keep making them, man. Like I said, if you ever want to collab or, you know, do something, I'm always down and uh, just keep keep making them man and uh people Thanks. keep and watching same back to you man i like uh i like your takes and like the psychedelic and the dmt and i feel like you're very respectful on ufo twitter and uh in spaces and stuff which is always good to see so thanks man yeah i try to be just as good of a person as i can be that's, that's all <laughs> yeah. you can do right you just keep getting better yeah. every day but uh i appreciate that man please everybody go if you're not subscribed already go to red panda's youtube channel i have the link down below 
his latest videos, one of them's on Project Blue Book, the other one's on the Air Force and the CIA and how they sculpted the narrative around the phenomenon. Uh, great videos. I highly recommend them. And uh, if you're interested, go to Lee's website, taileaters.com. And I can I can vouch for Lee's knowledge on lucid dreaming and plant medicine and all that stuff. This dude knows what he's talking about. He's one of the very first people I'd met uh, from from getting into this. And I love Lee a lot. He's he's a really, really good <laughs> you got to have a channel, bro. That's what I'm telling all these people. There's a lot of people on UFO Twitter who I feel like could have really good channels. I, oh, yeah, I'm all down for Lee doing a channel. We should we get should him set up. Channel, um, I, I do have a channel, oddly enough, but it's on my website. Have, you can go there. He used to have a, <laughs> your podcast. He has a podcast uh, yeah. called Cosmic Echo, so go check that out, actually. He doesn't oh, do it anymore, but he had some really great guests. He's had, like, Rick Strassman and, um, you know, all the, like, psychedelic hitters on there. So um, Stephen Gray. I think you 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 did quite a few of them, and I that's yeah. again that's how yeah. I met Lee. Um, so go check that out. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to support Mind Escape, all you have to do is click the link tree link down below. We've got Patreon episodes with you know the heroes, Rick Strassman, Randall Carlson. There's all sorts of stuff on there. So uh, if you like our show, there's basically a whole other catalog of stuff on our Patreon for just two dollars a month, and we have a merch store which I created all my designs um, myself and what else oh if you don't want to do any of that at very least i would appreciate just you know leaving us a nice review on apple podcast and spotify um and i just want to say i love everybody oh we have a new podcast i'm doing on the side with toby uh and shane it's called the roswell ufo symposium and uh, we did our first episode i have the link down below for that as well um so if you have not you know, check that out already. Our first guest was Chuck Sikowski, who's kind of like a, um, a physical investigator. He looks for physical evidence of UFOs and stuff like that. So it was a really cool episode. Um, you know, also check out all that merch too, because Toby just uh, unleashed a whole new merch store for the Roswell Daily Record, which is the sponsor of our new podcast. So uh, love all those dudes. Shout out to Shane. He's at uh, UFO Congress having the time of his life while we sit around here you know talking ufos which is fun but let's face it we'd all rather be at ufo congress right now um but yeah shout out to everybody chase shane uh logan leah ahmed uh you know everybody everybody that was here um david uh yeah we love everybody stay safe out there and uh we'll catch you next time peace yeah. right. bye guys fun times